Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday and our podcast. I am your host, Cody Coster. With me from Chicago, Mr. John Spainhauer. John, how are you faring on this beautiful Tuesday? Doing wonderful, Cody, and just happy to be here today. Good. Well, happy to have you. Jumping right into the uh, the global dairy trade that we had this morning, not a not a whole lot of fireworks to the upside. Another GDT lower, five point zero percent lower from last index, to be precise. You said it, Cody. It's uh, if you go back in time, last year around this time, we began our trek upwards, and it was like one higher auction after another. And right now, we seem to be in uh, one lower auction after another. Nine out of the last ten auctions have been lower. This was no exception, as you pointed out. The overall auction came in 5% lower and the big losers on the day were butter and whole milk powder. Not a pretty picture out there and it continues to illustrate the idea that at least at the New Zealand side of things, they're, you know, they're having a little bit of trouble with Chinese demand and demand in general. And as a result, price is edging lower. I do want to stand back though and say we have to put all things into perspective. We sh- we're still talking about a roughly $1.60 non-fat equivalent was the result of today and on a butter perspective about a $2.30 butter perspective. Cheese about two seventeen. So again, it's important to state yes, very much off our highs and those heady days of uh, you know 10% higher every time we had an auction, but still nonetheless lower but lower into relatively high prices. Lower on the GDT, but a lot of folks are going to come back and say, but John, we had spot today and that looked fairly healthy for the cheese and the butter derivatives themselves. Yeah, you know, there's you have to look at everything a bit in a microcosm. If we were to look at the skim milk powder side of things and non-fat, we export sometimes between 50 and, you know, generally we export 50% of our non-fat production, sometimes as much as 70%. That is going to make us very, very susceptible to needing to follow the international price. And so it's very difficult for the U.S. price to stay higher or at parity with the GDT or the European price for very long. I want to state not impossible, just very difficult. So coming into today's auction, we expected to see, you know, the GDT S&P futures were pointing towards a lower price, a little bit to be expected. We came in just slightly lower than where those futures were. However, when you get over to the butter side, uh, the U.S., it's important to remember we don't hardly export much of our butter at all. So we are a bit in an island here and can be at least on a temporary basis. However, as I stated, the butter price in New Zealand down to 230 today, something we really have to keep an eye on. Here we are in the heat of the summer in the U.S. and still recovering from what was likely a a not great butter build in the spring. So New Zealand goes down 6% in butter to 230. The U.S. price is able to rally today to 303, which is the highest price we've had all year and one of the highest prices we've seen in several years. Again, a, a bit of a microcosm. When it comes to the cheese side of things, we're not on an island. We do export cheese and we do have to stay at a relative value. However, I would say the cheese from the cheese side of things, we were already lower coming into this auction. We were at about a dollar eighty-five. New Zealand two seventeen to two nineteen on this result, 
and Europe still at 256. We'll see how the Europeans come in here at the end of the week, but I suspect they're not going to see too much of a break. You put that together, and first of all, the the cheddar price today was only down 0.7%, so it really didn't break, and the U.S. was already at a discount. This auction was somewhat healthy for the cheese side, and it says there's still room for exports. And so the U.S. cheese price rallied a little bit today. I still think that the U.S. cheese price is a little bit undervalued and has room for some growth, specifically now that we transition into August and, you know, the deeper we go into August into the demand season, I think we'll see that cheddar price here in the U.S. step up a bit. So, you know, again, Cody, to your point or question, you know, the GDT was lower. How can we rally? Again, there's just a lot of factors that go into that. What I would say is Skim did probably exactly what it needed to do on the U.S. side, or non-fat did. On the butter side, you know, I, I still look at it and say we have to be very careful. Yes, we are on an island to a certain degree with butter. But it's not the not the loss of exports that's probably going to have that we're going to be exposed to. It's the um, gain of imports. And you have to imagine that uh, in New Zealand right now, people are looking for any way possible, either A, to sell into a potential export market of ours or to sell into the U.S. and try to move some fat into the U.S. That's going to take some time, but it's eventually going to cut into things. And you have to imagine that, you know, somewhere down the road here, the butter price is, is going to come in under a little bit of pressure if these GDT prices keep going. Absolutely. Now, on our side of the coin for demand season, when do you, your many years of, of the in being in the dairy industry, when do you see demand season really ramp up on our side of the country here for holiday buying, I should say? You know, you're going to have to get a little bit further down the road here than that, or you're going to be getting into the Thanksgiving period. So that's going to be at the end of November. Um, So, you know, you're literally looking at the, you know, the beginning of November in that time period. And then, you know, you you just have already within that time, you have the school lunch program starting back up. And then you just kind of have that carry on into the fall or into the holiday season. So we do have a little bit of time here before that picks up in full steam ahead, but um, that Nevertheless, you know, you're 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 probably going to see a little bit more demand on that side of things. And again, I, I do believe that you've got room for some export here. On the export side of things, I think we've been seeing report after report shows we've been exporting a heck of a lot of cheese. This isn't a one-time thing. I think we've had three months in a row of just incredibly good exports, and those export stats are kind of a delayed response, but I think there's room. We're probably going to see the June export number come in very strong and potentially the July export number as well. And I think that's going to be on the backs of two things. A, those were booked a while ago. B, you had some transportation issues that are resolving themselves and we're hearing about big slugs of product leaving the country all at once. So I I think we'll see the export numbers stay strong and I think we'll see demand start to look good. And before you know it, I think we'll find that the cheese market's actually in a relatively healthy position right now. Fantastic. I guess to kind of round out the talk here on Tuesday, John, you know, you know, I've talked about before. Any indication this time around of China possibly being back in on the buying side or has that kind of slowed with everything that they're dealing with in their country? 
Well, that is a fantastic question, and I think it's just a little bit difficult to diagnose right now. The Chinese are buying, and the statistics show it. They're just not buying at the pace that we thought that they might, and I guess the best way to look at it is to say, at this time of year last year, they couldn't buy enough, and they, they were really just accelerating their pace of buying. And as a result, prices went up. I think now, when you, have to, when you look at it, it comes down to, yeah, they're buying, and it's actually relevant relatively impressive volume. It's just not what it was last year. And I think that that, that sword cuts two ways. We're not up at those highs of almost $5,000 whole milk powder or skim milk powder up at almost at you know, $1.85 to 2 bucks. We're not there, right? Because they're not doing that buying. At the same point in time, their buying on a historical level is pretty good, right? And as a result, I think it's important to point out, we're talking about a $1.60 skim. We're talking about $2.17 cheese and again, $2.30 butter. Those are relatively healthy prices for all of these commodities. So that, that again, that sword cuts both ways. What I would say though is when the New Zealanders don't have a home for whole milk powder, they make other products. And I think the decline in the price of whole milk powder states that they're having trouble moving some of that. And I think that is still very much a Chinese issue. Um, there's been some talk about other countries like Sri Lanka kind of backing off of their whole milk powder demand. And as a result, that whole milk powder now has moved considerably lower from its highs. But most important to me is the fact that whole milk powder is comprised of what we would look at to say fat, skim milk powder, and lactose. And if we ration, if we were to build a synthetic whole milk powder index, if you will, right, and we built it on a proportional level, right now we would say that synthetic whole milk powder is still $500 a ton more expensive than whole milk powder. And I, the reason I bring this up is, is to say that if I am in New Zealand right now and I have to make a decision over what products I'm going to turn my milk into or process my milk into, right now I'm looking for any way I can to make a little less whole milk powder and to make other products like skim, butter, cheese, you know, etc. And so until we see that whole milk powder numbers stabilize and possibly even move higher, which I do think is possible, I think we have to expect that we're going to continue to see pressure on some of these other products. Again, when and if China steps back in and whole milk powder demand is there, then I think you, you can easily see that calculation change. But for right now, I just have to expect that we'll see more offerings on these other products and less offerings of whole milk powder. As a result, I think we're going to continue to see skim milk powder under some pressure here in the short term. And I, I just wouldn't rule out the idea that butter can move higher here, or excuse me, move lower. I won't rule out the idea that butter can move higher as well. But longer term, I think we have to look at it to say the fat complex is probably going to have a target on its back. And then when we come back here to the U.S. and look at things, the class three market right now is at 1950. The class four market is at 2456. So a $5 spread between class three and class four. And I, I guess as we look here in the U.S. and say, if I had any extra milk and I could put it to wherever I wanted, right, I think it would probably go into class four. And I think over time here, you're going to see a little bit more butter and a little bit more non-fat skim milk powder pop up and what people expect. So far, the net result of that is that non-fat has gone lower. Again, the butter market is up above $3 right now. So the butter market is stating that it needs that fat just to satiate the demand we have right now. As you had mentioned, highest price butter on spot that we've seen this year in a while.
yeah, it's a big number, and it's really stating that that is, uh, you know, it's really stating that the butter market has a problem that needs to get solved. But you you have to imagine that twenty four fifty class four is going to produce some milk, right, in some regions of the country. And I know the class three is only nineteen fifty, but that's probably at least high enough to create some margin and keep the milk flowing here. So I think here in the U.S., we still have to look at the idea that we're going to see milk production grow the further we get into 2022 and into 23. And I'll state, I don't think the European milk production is going to grow a whole lot, and I don't think New Zealand is going to grow a whole lot. And so I think the world's going to need our milk production, but in the short term, that milk production could easily create some volatility and lead to some lower prices, specifically on the class four side here in the U.S. Absolutely. Well, as always, John, we appreciate your insight uh, on this beautiful GDT Tuesday. We are going to be back in about two weeks. I think August 16th is the next event. Um, But until then, we appreciate you being on, John. If anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to get a hold of John or I, and we will try to answer them to the best of our abilities. Uh, But until next time, everybody try to stay cool out there. Have a good one.